you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. The NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup. Of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. It is a separate feed from like Locked On NFL or anything like that. And you can tune in beginning August 30th. And uh, whoo, we got some catching up to do today, don't we, everybody? Whole bunch of transactions, whole bunch of roster news, whole bunch of stuff going on. We have an Anthony Barr injury, Everson Griffin rejoined the team, whole bunch of other stuff happened on the roster as the Vikings got down to the requisite 80 players on their team so that's the last round of cuts we're going to have before the final round of cuts getting all the way down to 53. Now I have a lot of catching up to do because uh, I was traveling yesterday so I did a pre-recorded thing yesterday we did a little Kirk Cousins talk a little season preview of Kirk Cousins I guess you could call it Uh, so go listen to that if you're interested in that but I have to catch up on both Monday's and Tuesday's news so we'll go I guess chronologically here and I want to start with the signing so the Vikings were at 85 players including some that we kind of knew were going to happen like Cameron Smith retiring and stuff but they were 85 players needed to get down to 80 and they signed two more guys that means seven players had to leave those two guys were Ito Smith and Everson Griffin of course let's start with the latter uh, so Everson Griffin rejoins the Vikings after a pretty like long and drawn out, like we'll go with a courting process. Like they were the, the Vikings and Griffin, both sides were talking a lot and in a lot of discussion. And then Gr- Griffin last week came to visit the Vikings. And of course, those conversations all took a long time. Of course, you know, there's a lot of stuff with Everson Griffin you kind of had to discuss, right? There's, of course, what the deal is going to be versus what you expect out of him. He's obviously been past his prime now for all of 2020. Um, although Andre Patterson has thoughts about that. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but obviously you, you kind of have what you actually expect from him on the field. You have off field, what you can expect from him. Of course, you know, he's had, uh, he had a couple of outbursts in, uh, games leading up with the Vikings. He had tweeted that Kirk Cousins is ass and he, uh, basically leaked what a lot of people already kind of knew and was already sort of known, but you're not supposed to say it, which is that Mike Zimmer didn't want Kirk Cousins. And airing out all that kind of dirty laundry on social media. Big faux pas. So he had to go apologize for all of that stuff uh, and then rejoin the team. But the deal has been struck. In terms of actual contract details, nothing has been reported yet. Uh, Probably means it's not a huge deal. Um, But, you know, something that we'll just have to kind of get to when we get to it. But Everson Griffin now joins the Vikings. So on Tuesday, Andre Patterson did a media availability thing and he spoke... Uh, will um, he wax poetic about uh, Everson Griffin and, and the return of Everson Griffin and stuff like that. And he said it was like emotional for him watching Griffin go to another team and having them not use him right. Um, and I, I'm not familiar enough with what Dallas or Detroit did with Everson Griffin to uh, warrant that or what they did that was wrong or anything like that. I haven't studied those teams in much depth. 
but it seems like Andre Patterson, if you asked Andre Patterson, hey, why did Everson Griffin, you know, decline in 2020? Was it because he was 32 years old? Uh, and he would probably say, no, it was a usage issue, which, hey, if Patterson is to be believed and it's not just, you know, coach bluster, uh, that's obviously awesome. In practice, Everson Griffin rotated in with the first team on third down situations. And they have said that Everson Griffin will not be a starter. He'll be a situational player, which means the starter opposite Daniel Hunter is still going to be between Stephen Weatherly and DJ Wanham. For whatever it's worth, DJ Wanham took the first team reps in practice this week. So I don't know what to expect from Everson Griffin. When you get into, you know, edge rushers at 33 and above and that, it's kind of those guys can fall off a cliff at any time. So I sort of set my expectations at nothing, you know, at rotational like replacement level play. And then anything above that's great uh, as long as they didn't, you know, pay a lot. And it doesn't sound like they did. So kind of whatever from a football perspective, it's kind of just a guy unless he still has a lot of juice, in which case awesome. Um, but there's also a leadership element. There's an emotional element. You know, Everson Griffin was the emotional backbone of the Vikings for years and years and years and years. He was the guy breaking down huddles. He was the guy hyping you up pregame. He was the guy that I, I think just had so much juice on the sideline that it really got people pumped up. And there was an edge missing last year. No pun intended. They uh, were missing a little bit of bite. They were missing. They were soft. I've called them soft a lot. I think the loss of Everson Griffin helped make them soft. So I think that leadership element is going to be really important to get back to the Vikings. And then there's also like a teaching element. You know, he was working through pass rush moves and stuff with Patrick Jones and, you know, other young guys in practice, you know, right away. And that he came in and Andre Patterson uh, testified to this. You know, he came in and immediately picked up the rhythm of everything. And there wasn't like rust to knock off. He was very clearly used to the way the Vikings practice and, uh, you know, the drills they like to do and all that stuff, the, the kind of operational things that we sort of always take for granted, but it's nice to see a guy kind of come in after taking a year away and still kind of having all that stuff down pat and not really missing a beat. Real quick, I also uh, should talk about Ito Smith, the running back that the Vikings claimed off of waivers. Uh, he was a fourth-round pick with the Atlanta Falcons. He spent some time, I think, with the Bucks, and uh, then was waived, didn't make the team, and he's now a Viking. Uh, so... That was an interesting pickup because the Vikings running back room is probably their deepest room uh, with, you know, even A.J. Rose showing some juice here and there. But it turns out the Vikings have more of a depth problem there than we uh, than we know, than we understand. Uh, so basically, you've got after Dalvin Cook, who they don't want to run in the preseason at all. I don't think he will get any run in the preseason. Um, you had Alexander Madison, who apparently suffered an injury in the Colts game, and he isn't particip participating. I don't, I don't know the extent of that one. You have Kenny Wangwu, who got hurt in the other preseason game, so you're losing a running back a week here. Um, and then you had Amir Abdullah and A.J. Rose uh, kind of responsible for, for all the snaps after all of that, and they even had to give like a, a handoff to like C.J. Hamm. Um, so they did kind of need a warm body, and at the very least, Ito Smith is that. But I, I think Ito, Ito Smith, as a kind of smaller, pass-catching, speedy type back, um, sort of does, I, like, I think he does, I mean, he's made NFL rosters before, right? So he, you can at least infer that he is of rosterable quality, um, and maybe he can actually make a run at the roster, especially, you know, if Madison and Wangwu are, are hurt long-term, long enough term to put them on PUP or, or IR or something like that, um, then you can have Ito Smith kind of fill in the gaps and be the change of pace back you wanted from the other two guys. If you if you lose those two guys, Madison and Wangwu, and you uh, 
have to construct a 53 from that. You probably have Dalvin Cook as the main guy, Amir Abdullah as the change of pace guy, and then Ito Smith as the third guy, uh, kind of taking over what Amir Abdullah did before. And then you probably still practice squad AJ Rose. I didn't love what he did in the Colts game, so I, I don't think he's gonna like be a shoe and make the roster or anything like that but that is the competition now right that maybe aj rose and ito smith are competing for a roster spot assuming neither of those two guys are ready for the season to start um but i have no idea your guess is as good as mine when it comes to those two guys but speaking of the impending beginning of the season it is that time of year all eyes turn back to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season and as always bet online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. Get all of the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and if you lose... Your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games even. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, moving on to the rest of the cuts the Vikings had uh, to get down to... 80 players. Obviously, with Ito Smith and Everson Griffin, that puts them at 87. So we have to go over uh, seven roster transactions here, some of them more obvious than others. And then uh, later in the show, we'll talk about the Anthony Barr injury as well. Um, there was a little bit of light shed on that from Adam Zimmer, the other defensive coordinator. So we should probably talk about where that's at. Um, but first, let's go to the cut. So the easiest one was Cameron Smith, who we already talked about. He uh, retired from football thanks to health concerns, probably related to his the open heart surgery, the the aortic valve problem that he had uh, last offseason, but also the concussion that he got this preseason. So he goes to reserve retired. Um, there were a couple of injury cuts uh, or injury transactions. Janarius Robinson apparently suffered an injury in the Colts game. He played in the Colts game, and he didn't look like he was that injured, so it might have been something that he like woke up with um, and then get checked out, and then it turns out that it's this bad injury. Um, he was placed on injured reserve, which is the season ending kind of injured reserve. He does not get to come back after, you know, eight weeks or three weeks. It would be this year. Um, none of that. He's out for the season. No, nothing doing there. So Janarius Robinson it no longer, no longer counts toward the, the roster. And Jordan Scott was also waived injured. Um, which means he can go on to IR or waive with an injury settlement uh, after he clears waivers and all that stuff, which as of this recording, I don't know if he has, he probably will though. Um, so that's another easy one. So that's three down. We got four to go. So then they're actual just straight up releases. Um, two of them were Warren Jackson, the wide receiver that showed up for just kind of depth reasons in the middle of camp when they were missing Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen wasn't practicing. He's still not practicing with the thigh bruise thing he got in the Colts game. Um, there was, they had just lost Blake Prohl and, and BC Johnson was still obviously out. So they were like running out of guys, uh, and Myron Mitchell was still on the COVID list. So you had, uh, Warren Jackson came in. Um, he didn't get much run in the preseason at all. So he gets cut. And then Dylan Mabin, who got a lot of run in the preseason at cornerback and was pretty atrocious in both games. He was a really, really, uh, it was a poor performance for him in the preseason. So it's not surprising to see him cut. And then you have Danny Etling, who didn't get any preseason run, basically just a camp arm. But now they have 
um, a true kind of three quarterback, so they should or a four quarterback setup, so they shouldn't need a fifth anymore. Um, with Nate Stanley also coming back and participating for the first time in a while. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Kirk, Kellen Mond, and Jake Browning, and then Christian Ellis, the linebacker who got very little preseason run. So those are your four. So all of that adds up now to the Vikings being at a clean 80 players, and they don't have to cut anybody else unless they want to sign somebody or claim somebody off of waivers. Um, and I'll talk about a couple of those options in a second here. But outside of that scenario, uh, they don't have to cut anybody else until the true cutdown day. Um, so a couple other quick notes from camp, and then I want to talk about the Anthony Barr thing. Um, the Vikings actually had, Judd Zolged uh, pointed this out, uh, they actually had Wyatt Davis take some first-team reps at right guard. Um, so I was kind of intrigued by that, and I went back to kind of focus in. I didn't really clock him very much when I watched the Colts game and when I rewatched the Colts game, and I was like, oh, I didn't notice any Wyatt Davis. Let's just go focus on Wyatt Davis. He had a very good game. I, I notched two mistakes for him over the entire second half, which is not ideal. You, two is still like, it's not a great game, but it's a pretty good game. And the the highs were really, really high too, like they always are with Wyatt Davis, you know, pushing guys around, really, really stout in pass protection, all that stuff. Um, he overran and uh, basically just whiffed on a guy in the second level once. And then there was a miscommunication where uh, he gave up a tackle for loss and it seemed like he just, blew his assignment against Denver that kind of thing happened like a lot like a couple times a drive not a couple times a half so that level of improvement is really really exciting and he honestly looked like a guy that shouldn't be among the threes I really want to see him get better opportunities and you know let me see what Wyatt Davis can do against the twos this time and then you know I love that they're kind of trying him out against the ones um, I, I don't think it's a true competition. I think it's still Oli Udo's job to lose, but it is interesting that they were putting him in there. And my here's my crackpot theory about this. So if you do the, the roster prediction, I did a, another roster prediction with Nick Olsen that should be out on zone coverage today, actually. Um, if you go over the offensive line group, you're kind of left with this problem, which is what if you need to replace two linemen? What happens? Um, because the Vikings have so many tackles, they've got, you know, tackles at tackle, they've got tackles at both guard spots. Um, if one of the tackles goes down, you can easily kick out one of the guard tackles to their original position. You know, if if Rashad Hill goes down, you need a tackle, you can just kick Ezra Cleveland out. He knows tackle. Um, and then you just replace the guard with like Mason Cole or whoever. But then once you've done that, what if another guy goes down? Basically, you either are putting in Wyatt Davis in that situation, or if you don't think that that's that he's ready for that responsibility, you would have to keep a Dakota Dozier or a Drew Samia around. And in my roster prediction, I basically said, I don't know about Wyatt Davis. We're going to keep Drew Samia because I thought Drew Samia has had a better preseason than, than Dakota Dozier. Um, I would totally reverse that, though, after rewatching this Wyatt Davis game. I think Davis is ready for that responsibility. Like, say you lose Cleveland and Bradbury. You have Mason Cole snap and you have Wyatt Davis play guard, or you can even have Mason Cole play guard and Wyatt Davis snap because they taught him how to snap. Um, you know, do whichever one of those you prefer and then... There it goes. So I, I think Wyatt Davis is ready for at least that responsibility where he's the third string uh, interior guy behind Mason Cole because Mason Cole had a really solid preseason as well. Um, and then you kind of don't have to bother with a 10th lineman and that 10th lineman would be Dakota Dozier or Drew Samia. So there are a couple of big problems on this roster right now that I think the Vikings should be scouring this current uh, crop of waiver wire uh, transactions uh, for a kicker B backup quarterback. 
Um, Greg Joseph went seven for 11 in a practice again. He's just had too many practices like that. My guess would be that a lot of those kicks were from above 50 and you just can't make a kick from above 50. And you basically are at this huge field position disadvantage if you can't set up for a kick until you cross the 33-yard line. Um, so that is is pretty rough. And then, of course, there's the backup quarterback problem. I talked about that a ton on Monday's show um, that, you know, you just, Jake Browning just isn't good enough and Kellen Mond isn't ready. So you need a guy. A um, couple of interesting names. Eddie Pinheiro, the Colts decided their kicking battle um, after the game against the Vikings. They went with Rodrigo uh, Blankenship. Eddie Pinheiro was the odd man out there. He was a quality kicker for them. He made everything. Um, I think they just went with their hot rod guy. Uh, and so I, I would bring Eddie Pinheiro in for at least a workout for sure. And then at the quarterback position, I was talking to Ross Jackson, who does Locked on Saints. We co-host Locked on NFL on Tuesdays together about his team's quarterback situation. Of course, they have Taysom and Jameis Winston. Um, and then Ian Book apparently has kind of been flashing sometimes. And maybe he can win the third string job over old friend Trevor Simeon. So Trevor Simeon might get cut. And I think the Vikings should look, uh, should, should keep their eyes on that situation. Because I think Trevor Simeon would definitely upgrade on Jake Browning. I just do not feel comfortable going into the season with Jake Browning at all. I felt at least like I could come to grips with Sean Mannion. I do. I feel uncomfortable. I am in danger. I need an adult help. But what I don't need help with is which protein bar to order. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. That's a fantastic segue. I don't want to hear about it. Uh, Bill Bar has nine delicious flavors, including double chocolate, salted caramel, raspberry, cherry, all sorts of delicious stuff that go with the 100% chocolate that it is all coated in. But it is way healthier than all of that stuff sounds. Listen to this. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of carbs. Totally not going to knock you off the wagon. And if you have trouble deciding maybe what flavor to get, you can always get the sampler box, a mix box, where you get two of each of the nine flavors. There are also some limited edition flavors that pop up every now and again. So check out the website. Their website is built.com or builtbar.com. If you go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you will get 15% off of your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, all one word, for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right, last little nugget. Uh, it's probably time to be a little concerned about Anthony Barr. I say a little concerned. Let me explain. So there was a little bit more information. The, culture, the coaches have divulged literally anything about his conspicuous absence from practice since, I want to say, August 5th. Uh, he's been out for a pretty long time. He hasn't played in any of the preseason or anything like that. So kind of what gives? And the coaches have finally divulged something. Um, the headline is that Adam Zimmer said, we're hoping he's ready for week one, but we don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. We just hope. Um, so if week one is the target, then that means, you know, pessimistically, you can kind of say, okay, let's say he misses that by like three weeks, you know, twice as long as, as what they think, then he'll be back, you know, week three, week four, somewhere in there. Um, of course, you could go completely apocalyptic and be like, ah, well, this is clearly the same thing as Daniel Hunter. So I guess he's out for the season, which a lot of people online are doing. And I can't really fathom that, but uh, we don't really ever know anything about these injuries beyond what coaches just decide to tell us when reporters ask. Um, Mike Zimmer also said, you know, he's not a concern as a football player and we really miss him, but his health is a concern. So we're being cautious, but he used the word health is a concern. So now that everybody runs with that. Um, but he's basically saying, yeah, we are concerned about health and are therefore being cautious with him. So we're going to take him slowly. Not we are concerned that he's going to, you know, miss forever and ever he's going to actually have to retire from football and we're going to launch his corpse into the sun no none of that 
Uh, but I mean, I don't know, right? We we just don't know what the extent of the injury is. Now, the only thing I know about it is that uh, during joint one of the joint practices, I clocked him on the sideline with uh, what looked like a wrap on his right knee, right leg. Um, could have been like a compression sleeve or something. So I don't know if that was what the injury is. We don't know what the injury is. Mike Zimmer did say it is not related to the pec injury that kept him out last year. This is a separate issue. Um, and so they're being ultra cautious with him. Um, but if he's going to miss week one, it probably means that, you know, this is something a little more serious. So I think we can probably get a, a little concern. You know, we're, we're on a scale of uh, one to 10, where 10 is the nuclear apocalypse. We're at like a three or a four right now. If he misses a couple games, and this is what Adam Zimmer said, you know, so be it. That's kind of life. And then he went on to um, sort of gas up the depth, which I thought was really interesting that he mentioned, you know, what Troy Dye can do. He mentioned Blake Lynch. Um, he mentioned uh, Chaz Surratt playing a bunch of different positions, although I don't think Chaz Surratt is ready to go onto the field from scrimmage and regular season play quite yet. He's still making a few too many mistakes. He's definitely playing fast. But on the whole, if preseason is any indication, and it's an okay indication, I feel all right about the linebacker depth. Um, I, you know, I feel all right about the guys being you know Nick Vigil and, and Eric Hendricks. Both of those guys have been pretty good in coverage, and the run defense has been really, really stout. So I, I feel all right about uh, those you know, that, that group as a whole, I don't think they need to go panic and go out and, you know, sell the farm for KJ, Wright. But Hey, by all means, bring in KJ, Wright. He's an awesome player. Bring him in whether or not you have bar, but I don't think you have to go make it like a panic trade or anything like that. Uh, especially if you only anticipate that he's going to miss, you know, two or three weeks. Look, if he's out for the season and he goes on season ending IR, maybe we behave a little bit differently, but that's not where we're at yet. Uh, maybe we never get there, but on the whole with Anthony Barr, um, obviously, you know, the defense works in a different way when he's on the field. It gets a lot more exotic. They can move guys around a lot more. Um, they can play everything just a little less vanilla with Anthony Barr on the field than they can if, if Anthony Barr were replaced by like a normal linebacker. Um, and that's really valuable. And I've talked about that value a lot. So, of course, we want him back on the field as soon as we can. Um, but if he does miss extended time this season, or if it does turn out, oh, no, he had a setback, he's out for the season, it's it. Um, his contract expires and then he'll be a guy that has not played in two years uh, trying to find a free agency contract. I don't really know where his career goes from there. Uh, but again, we are just not quite there yet. I'm not quite that worried about Anthony Barr, but a little bit. We can start sweating just just a little, a little bit of sweat. Not a lot, not not a panic, but a little bit of sweat. Before I go, I know that I said in yesterday's pre-recorded thing that I thought today would be a, uh, a Twitter Wednesday episode. Well, too much stuff came up, so obviously I didn't have time for that. But Twitter Thursday is coming. Unless something crazy breaks again, uh, I'll do all of your questions on tomorrow's show. So keep them coming. Uh, I, I tweeted out. You can respond to that tweet. You can just send it to me at NFL at LockedOnVikings, whatever questions you have about the Vikings uh, or anything, honestly. And uh, you can also send an email to LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com. There's a Google form in the show notes if you'd rather do all that. Uh, I also want you to check out the Locked On Bets podcast. If you want to get your grambles straight, your boy Q and handicapping expert uh, Lee Sterling will help you get set. They've got daily locks, uh, wrong team favored, all that good stuff. Good grambling advice over at the Locked On Bets podcast. All of it's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.